0: Welcome to Michigan Ice Guys, podcasting to help you fish hard water better. Guys, it's Chaz and Steph, and the uh, sun is out. It's like 60 degrees or something silly down here in Grand Rapids. It's uh season's not looking much for uh longevity. It's putting a hurting on our remaining ice. Yep. Uh, Not too much rain in the forecast, but a lot of sunshine and a lot of temperatures above freezing. Which is going to cause melt and runoff and pretty much take the edges right out to where I don't even think an 8 foot 2 by 6 would reach.
1: Yep, probably not long. Once this keeps up next couple of weeks, or next week anyway. By by this weekend, it's going to be sketchy and some spots getting on. So... Thought we'd, uh, just jump around
0: and talk about what we've been doing for the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, I got out there and was able to do some, uh, real good fishing a couple of Saturdays ago on Reed's Lake, ran into a bunch of the old regular guys out there on the ice. And, uh, we were just plunking away and I got plunking away at some nice crappie for quite a while and then got into some bluegill when the crappie disappeared. So, uh, you know this late season ice if you can get on there's some great stuff and i know that uh if you checked out the latest uh the previous podcast i put some pictures up that were from keith's adventure and uh out to the uh tournament there and uh you know they never did get me that picture of uh them uh, uh, doing their uh (laughs) Proud last moment in their
1: pile in the last tournament on their uh, mm-hmm. Southern Michigan Classic. Yeah, it was like 60 degrees that day and they were rednecking it. Jake wore a pink flamingo blow up tube for the whole tournament. <laughs> whole tournament and uh, <laughs> had their sunscreen on. <laughs> like well, it was a they day didn't at the have beach. their
0: shirts on.
1: No, uh uh-uh. One of the pictures. So that <laughs> was pretty
0: crazy stuff. And then we got to do our annual scout day where yeah, we just so take, uh, we, you know, normally we get a quite a crew, but this year the weather was unpredictable. Was uh rather blustery. <laughs> we had ice. We had plenty yes. of ice. Over a foot of ice out there. It was no problem with that. The problem was we'd had a little rain the night before and it uh, slicked it right up and uh the few families that did come out we had one little kid sitting on a bucket fishing with his dad he was really intent into it as he blew away on his bucket the bucket went sliding across (laughs) and uh his dad jumped right up and grabbed him and we had another father-son team that had chosen wisely to tie themselves together so they had a piece of paracord tying the two of them together, so that uh, the young feller didn't get away from dad and go skiing all the way across Reed's Lake. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: I guess we can apologize now and uh, tell whoever it is on the north side of Reed's Lake <laughs> that if you found a nice brand new Homer bucket, uh, it's yours to keep. Yes. Yep. And one free bait bucket. We were. Bucket. <laughs> we were ne- oh yeah, and there was a minnow bucket that went. Uh, A couple hours later, (laughs) but those buckets took off at about 40 miles an hour and nobody was going to catch those as they Mm -hmm. cruised away. But, uh, kids day was a lot of fun. We got into some perch for a while and, uh, the kids that did come out, they were having a blast. It was a lot of fun. And our good buddy, Randy Joppy from the grilling guys show, uh, we normally have Joppy. In my big yellow tent on the ice grilling hot dogs and you know he usually brings some other things well this year we determined that if we tried to set up that big yellow tent we'd be blowing across that lake so we went for a tailgating solution so joppy was up on the boat ramp cooking out of the back of one of the trucks and uh, had chili dogs and his wife made wonderful cookies mm-hmm. So all in all, we had a great day teaching a few new kids how to fish, getting them some equipment. It was a lot of fun. And then
1: we had a week where, hey, it was fishable. Um, Did you get out fishing during the week? Yeah, I got out a couple times up here by me, a little lake up by Morley. And I, you know, scoped around out there and found some in the basin. Got a few gills out of that lake for a little mess. And then I got a, you know, a call from my buddy Chad there to go north to Rhinelander, Wisconsin and help the boys with their, uh, USA team practice. Yeah. Well, I, I remember you mentioned that, uh, you went out and checked our secret
0: farm pond and you couldn't even get there because the, the field oh, was Lord. so
1: muddy. Yeah, it was muddy as slick. I mean, it was, it was going out fast. I mean, there's, I still got probably mud in my tires, even after going through the car wash. I mean, it was uh, that that top frozen layer of like six inches just turned to just soup. So, yeah, I got a I feeling like, a lot yeah. of the
0: boat ramps are getting really messy. If mm-hmm. you still can get to the ice, you're going to be tracking a lot of mud in and out with you. Yep. And
1: stuff. So then I went to the lakes that had better launches after I had that experience at the farmers there. I was like, yeah, I'm going to have to get to the places with paved launches. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Like like up by tri lakes was a good one that you could do. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a good lake. Mm -hmm.
0: Well then, uh, this week, past weekend, I was able to sneak out a couple of days and get out there on the ice. Uh, I was going to go Friday, but some things came up and then, uh, I was out for a bit on Saturday and a bit on Sunday and, uh, got a few more fish but i'll tell you when i was getting off the ice on sunday things were starting to look pretty sketchy as far as the edges uh, and even that trick that i showed you guys on scout day didn't work for me we had a big block of ice that was kind of wobbling and floating on the edge there and uh stuff did a real balancing act jumping off onto it and kind of floating with it and stuff to where he could take another step and get into ankle deep <laughs> mm-hmm. water. Well, I came walking up to it, and I don't have as long a stride as stuff. And my sled was overloaded with stuff, so I just slid my sled halfway across the gap, and that stabilized the whole floating thing. I was able to waltz right out there, and then slid <laughs> the sled further and waltzed <laughs> right up on shore. So there's days, guys, that you got to be pretty creative about how you get on and off the ice, especially in this late season.
1: Mm-hmm. If you can yeah, get no, out had, there,
0: man, get a couple of days in, but it's a, it's a melting fast.
1: Yeah. Hamblin's classic for that too. You can start with a, you know, an eight, a, a, an eight or 10 foot two by eight across a a two foot gap. And then coming off the board's gone and you got a 12 foot gap and it's like, Hmm, this is interesting. So then you yeah. find one of those broken pieces of ice to jump on and, slide across the shore and then kick it back for the next guy to get off. That was, was rather interesting, but and unlucky to
0: stay dry. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Other days you might be wet up to the knee, you know, wading in that sand and stuff, eight real deep right there, but you don't want to get wet regardless. Try to avoid it. <laughs> no, no. It's
0: uh, it's something I, as much as possible.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: we've had a couple of good weeks of fishing, putting a few more fish in the freezer. I was able to give a few more to some of my older friends down at the club. And, uh, it's been a good time. Now your trip up to Rhinelander, mm-hmm. uh, finally after COVID here, what's it been? Three years? Yeah, probably. We've had any kind of practice. Three years since
1: the last tryouts and, a like a team practice or any such. But we had nice weather up there. Nice. I should say it was minus 10 the one morning. So, yeah, it was really nice. But <laughs> by the time we got to the lake fishing, it was, I think it was six below, three below. But the wind was calm and the sun was bright and out. So, it was doable. Then on Sunday, it got up to into the 20s. So, Saturday was the coldest day. The same cold we had here in Michigan was kind of up there. and But it went out pretty quick on Sunday. It got warmed right up.
0: Yeah, Sunday down here. I uh, ended up running off to a birthday party in the afternoon, and I walked in wearing a sweatshirt, and uh, I had to go put it in the truck after a real short period uh, because it was t-shirt weather, real, real soon. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you don't probably have us- a s-
1: stitch of snow down there by you, do you? I uh,
0: haven't seen. Well, I saw snow on Sunday morning. Okay, we had about an inch and a half fell, and then by noon it was well. Two o'clock, it was gone. Uh, so I watched one neighbor run out there and just eagerly shovel the drive, <laughs> and I watched mine just melt away. Yeah, I said I will save the gas in the plow to mm-hmm. uh not have to deal with that.
1: Now we had a nice drive up to the UP there and back, no issues, and you know a few occasional kick up snow flurries around the bridge area and going across on two, but nothing horrible. Right, right. So a good travel weekend and good practice for the guys who haven't used, haven't touched a palm rod in two years. Some of them. <laughs> yeah. Slakers. Well, it sounded Slakers. like they got into
0: some weight Bill.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. That, yeah. That last heat, we had our nine fishermen out there and we put them on a area where it was about 12 to 15 feet deep. Uh, we we're marking good schools, uh, uh like little. Got panfish, crappie, bluegills, and a few pike running around. It. Even even boat Bodecker caught a walleye out there just checking the area out in the deeper end of it. But uh, we put the guys on that for a two-hour wait heat. And in two hours, our nine fishermen caught 172 pounds of fish. And it was all catch and release. We kept them alive in water and weighed them and put them right back down the hole. And I think all but two swam away out of all. Those I think, fish. I think that's, uh,
0: that, that must've been pretty wild to watch you and Bo running around, getting buckets
1: and mm-hmm. weighing them. Yep. We had one right. other helper. So we had Nikki there. That's oh, uh, you right. met her, uh, Ben's girlfriend. Yep. Up in Minnesota there. Yep. So she helped, uh, swap buckets out. She'd meet us halfway and we'd switch, Bo would bring them over. I scooped them, Myron weighed them, and zeroed the scales, and I kept uh, a, a notepad of all the weights. So it was pretty amazing. I mean, we we measured them all in grams, just to keep it easy, and like they do in the worlds. So everything was right, fairly how they do it at the worlds is all weight based. So it was really nice, and like they had like 78 kilos. <laughs> that's just yeah, it was, a, it crazy was insane. Yeah, some of those guys had over 25 pounds. A couple of them but it was a uh, real representative of what happens in a a real tournament. Heaven forbid we gave him the full 3 hours. But uh we might have changed the batteries and the scale. <laughs> yeah, that's craziness. <laughs> got to mm-hmm. take my new big scale up there. Now those guys it was it was very unique cuz you'd be watching the, them all laid out fishing and you got like four guys simultaneously windmilling, you know, the fish up with the palm rods. It was a, uh, it was a, it was a cool sight. It's like, these guys are on them. And it's like, you know, you know, Chad sets up to watch everybody at first into the wind. Everybody's got their backs to the wind, except for Shab. And I'm like, yeah, cause he's watching everybody. And he's like, yeah, I know, yeah, I know. I talked to Myron, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then Chad's me. like, okay, who's on him? Who's doing what's going on here? Don't want to miss anything. And then before you know it, Chad turns around, has to get his butt fishing and not watching. <laughs> You know how it goes oh, a Watch that spring bomber, the, uh... or you're not gonna lay him out you know
0: yeah there's a reason chad <laughs> chob's like the number one rated american in the world <laughs> yep because when he puts his mind to fishing he gets fishing oh yeah <laughs> but he is a, he is a student of the action
1: mm-hmm. that is
0: definitely for sure because i remember several years when you and i have been spotters for him at the champion at world championships and. It's like, when Chad turns it on, there it goes. But he <laughs> yeah. wants to
1: hear everything that's going on. Oh, yeah. Just keep feeding them information and talking to him. Even two people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, one he's of us one on each, each few side of own. Yeah.
0: He's one of the few guys that appreciates multiple spotters. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Ed even shows when uh, we're with him out on the river. He's... He... He's got it figured out, and if he doesn't, he'll figure it out quick. Yeah, that's when he's out guiding his charters.
1: Oh yeah, he's my fish whisperer.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he will. So, if you guys uh, now that ice season's done, if you guys want to give it Chad uh, hook up on Chad, check out Shab Outfitters uh, online, and he's doing steelhead charters all the time now here in the spring, and pretty much seven days a week unless his wife tells him he has to do something uh he's he's out there fishing and uh and making a career of it and he's good so you'd enjoy a trip with chad and yeah stuff. she's
1: painting beads for him
0: <laughs> oh well he's <laughs> probably got the whole family working on equipment uh-huh because <laughs> i know when we're overseas you and i are working on his equipment all the time too oh yeah we do it
1: can to help out
0: yeah so yeah fishing's been uh exciting but drawn and so we thought we'll take us a a quick break here and when we come back we're going to talk about a little bit of advice about what to do to put your gear away so that it's in good shape next year there's some little things there's some big things but uh and stuff here talking hard water fishing in the great Lakes state we'll be right back guys when you're out on the ice do you protect your eyes liam ice guys have partnered with costa del mar sunglasses made in america made by hand the thinnest glass technology for sunglasses 100 percent uv protection we love our costas so much we took them to finland to the worlds they allowed us to see where other people had been drilling before Protected our eyes in the blowing snow and kept us looking good on the ice. Made in America Costa del Mar sunglasses. Get them online, get them at a local retailer near you. Remember, tell them the MI Ice guys sent you in. You need the best. Guys, we're back. Fresh beverage in hand. And uh got a little advice for you. Now we try and do this every year for you guys, but uh you know, you got some money invested in that equipment. There's there's some smart things that you need to do with that, and cleaning it up is very important. Putting it away correctly is very important, so that next year you're not struggling to find a repair or oh my god, all the hassles that go with it. Uh, so you know, I like to start out with just the poles. You know. Go through the poles. Make sure you didn't leave bait on them.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, clean that clean stuff them off. Yep.
0: Take the tension off the line. There's no reason Go. you need to have those things sprung like a bow and arrow.
1: when you, put no, them away. When you Keep that tension on that rod over the summer and you're going to have a permanent warp in your rod. So it's best to take that tension, remove it, take your jig off it so you're not hooking it on stuff, putting it away or tangling yep. it up.
0: Yeah. Just well. take it off. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to probably take off a few feet of line next year anyway, if not replace the whole thing. So just, you know, pop the jig off and, you know, put those away now for reels that you're going to leave line on, put them in a dark place. You don't want sunlight getting to them. So I like to put them in my, uh, rod bags or, and the ones that don't go in rod bags go in a box and get put away and i i organize them up i got some shelves in the basement where i put them away and and uh, make sure that they're not i don't need any more ultraviolet rotting in the line away any faster uh, mm-hmm. because sometimes i like to get two years out of line you know if I, if it's a pole i didn't use a whole lot why waste the
1: line so be smart about that and some of those pigs. spinning reels that i use they, uh, they serve dual purpose because I'll use them for panfish pull in, in the spring. So Oh, yeah. You can use dual purpose on some of those. Now, uh, jigs. You're going to go through, and it is a
0: great time because this is the messy season of mud. Uh, there's still going to be a big chunk of ice floating out on the lake, so you can't really stick the boat in yet. Uh, there are places you can go with the boat, but not right off so you can take a little time and clean up those jigs now going through and sorting out your boxes now i know steph he's he's a big fan of uh sorting them in color codes trying to organize them up so you can actually find a jig when you're looking for it and you know don't be shy about a little hook maintenance too no you know Mm -hmm. little dried uh uh bait on there might uh, really bugger you up in the spring so i find a little emery board you know the ones where you get uh you know five for a dollar at the dollar store those things are great for just cleaning up putting a little sharpness on those hooks getting everything put away put them in some nice clean uh foam block that's in a nice case organize them all up so they're not jamming around Mm
1: -hmm. dry location put your
0: spectacles on and clip all the old line off them Mm -hmm. you know sometimes you get in a hurry and one just break you break one off and just shove it in the box it's
1: good time same with the plastic tails and stuff too you can take those off and just get put new ones on fresh next year
0: yeah i mean just get them off there don't let them dry on the hooks don't let them Mm -hmm. get there because a lot of those baits especially the ones with
1: scents in them will dry out and now you got a hard crustiness on your hook yeah, and sometimes those plastic ones will just somehow disintegrate and melt into your tackle box and it'd be like yeah it's just a good idea just to not have them in there with your jigs still attached yeah so cleaning up the
0: jigs and getting that organized and it's also a, a good opportunity to take some of those ones that you found on sale and they're still in the bubble pack Clean them up, put them in, and organize them. Get the get the stuff out of the eyelet, the excess paint, to make sure they're ready to tie up. It's just a good time to get organized with those.
1: And what's really good, too, is to take all that and, like, your ice cleats, clean them up. If there's any kind of rust or anything on them, hit them with a little WD-40. But put all your ice fishing stuff in, like, a tote or something. That's what I do. So then I know all my ice fishing stuff is in a tote. You know, my ice fishing gloves, my ice fishing jigs, line, bait pucks, everything can just be in that tote. And I'm not looking all over for it. I know, right, it's in the ice fishing box. <laughs> no, pucks. We're going to use the the greenie story on that one.
0: Uh, <laughs> make sure your bait pucks are cleaned out. Now, I will tell you, all bait pucks are dishwasher safe. I'm not sure you want to tell the wife you're running them in the dishwasher because she might get a little freaky. But clean them out. Make sure that the bait's out of them. And uh, you know, dispose of the bait. You don't want a big fly hatch around your house. So, you know, get rid of that bait, throw it in the trash, put it in a ziplock. throw it in the trash, let it go off to the dump where the flies can do some good. You don't need them buzzing around your house. Uh take care of that stuff, clean out all the sawdust, make sure they're dry inside. I even, if it's not. You know if i've used it i'll even leave the lid off them just so they dry out and they're not getting funky to where you open one up you know next december and you're like Ugh, <laughs> that doesn't smell good mm-hmm.
1: so take a little care with that yeah the only thing i don't put in my ice fishing box is my batteries yeah, I always take my batteries out my flasher batteries or whether it be for the pan optics or the live scope those batteries there you want to set them out. So they're visible and you know periodically charge those two three times over the summer just to keep them fully charged and topped up. But
0: especially if you're still using lead acid mm-hmm if you're using the old school heavy batteries those take a little maintenance if they get run completely dead and stay dead they will likely to stay dead yep and then uh, they're so toast do a little maintenance on those and it's also a good time when you're cleaning out your sled and your bucket and everything just to look for anything else that could use a little bit of maintenance you know the loose screws on your hopper rig the uh you know wad of line that you threw in there that uh you picked up off the ice because you're a good Samaritan. You know, clean up that stuff. Mm-hmm. Now your auger. One of the things about the auger is, Steph mentioned the WD-40. I like to put a little protect in it, whether I use WD-40, uh, dry silicone lube, or whatever it is, on the auger blades so they don't just rust up over the summer. Because you put them in the garage, you put them in the basement, wherever, this summer is going to get to 100 percent humidity we're in michigan it's humid as hell for a couple of months and that's just going to cause some rust so putting a little oh, protectant yeah. on there maybe taking a little stone and honing any burrs off there maybe deciding that those blades are done yeah take you know. them off send them out for sharpening yep and you can you can just take care of it that way also take a look at all the other things you know check your adapter check your uh bolt that goes through your auger that holds the adapter and make yeah, sure no. all that stuff you know those
1: wig nuts take some wear and tear over the years and you've broken them before I've uh, chad's broken, broken, them. broken them before and they're a bugger to get out because they just wore wear so much It's sometimes it's best just to replace the little wing nuts yeah get or
0: online and order a new one or run down to your local bait shop see if they've got them on hand or hardware and just run it through a bolt
1: if you're going to keep yeah. it on there permanently. Worst case,
0: if you're going to put a, do it, put a stainless bolt in. Don't mm-hmm. be a cheapskate. I mean, you, you want to be the good looking guy out there with a nice nylock stainless nut on there and uh, looking good. So take care of your auger and, you know, the drill is going to move over into uh, the DIY category or in back into the truck for uh, your contracting work for the year.
1: Mm-hmm. So...
0: The drill and its batteries are going to get their exercise all summer. But you want to make sure that you take care of that auger. It's a significant investment. And put the cover on it. And make sure the cover is going to stay on it. Because you don't need it getting dinged up when you go look for something else and move it around a bit. So, all right, you've done that basic stuff. Your sled. Empty your sled out. And I suggest storing it upside down just so nothing makes a home in it over the winter. I mean,
1: where do you stash your stuff? I still have open rafters in my garage. So I take them and I load them up, up there. I'll flip them upside down and I can still use the top of them for setting some lightweight stuff on like my tip up bucket or something on there. You know, once they're all dried out and ready to be put away, I can put that up there with them yep and that's a that's a great
0: suggestion to do that if you don't maybe hanging them up on a wall mm-hmm. uh, down in the bit ba- if you got an unfinished part of the basement just hang them up so that you know nothing's getting in them nothing's gonna collect on them or anything and it's also an excellent chance to take a look at the bottom and see if it's getting burred up uh you know sometimes dragging across the asphalt roughs those things up a bit and you You might need to do a little cleanup work on there, whether it's just taking a knife and taking the burrs off or, you know, thinking about doing the wax job to it, whatever you need to do to smooth that out. So you get a nice, smooth drag when you go to use that again next fall. And it seems like all the time they're running out of sleds and you got to bust down and like Steph had to get break down and order it from Amazon, just couldn't find it locally.
1: Mm -hmm. Everybody Uh, was out
0: so don't get caught without a sled take care of your stuff now for those of you with shanties here's one of the big big ones that we always talk about whether you got a flip over or you got a a hub style that folds up or whatever kind of shanty you got take a little bit of time and do some preventative cleanup number one get all the junk out of there bait jigs rods all that stuff don't leave it laying in there clean that thing out you know if you get a nice sunshiny day maybe even hose the thing off get a little fish slime out of it Mm -hmm. and clean it up that probably wouldn't even hurt for your sled just you know clean it up a little bit yeah but then once it's good and dry the big thing that we recommend doing is putting some cheap dryer sheets in with that canvas or whatever material is made out of there because that helps keep the varmints out spiders mice moles whatever that might get in there and try and make a nest in there and start chewing away and mm-hmm. you flip up your flip over and there's holes then you're that guy on the lake with duct tape everywhere <laughs> Swiss cheese shanny so <laughs> just tucking those uh dryer sheets in between the the ribs and the and the fabric pack it up and even on a hub style when you're slipping it in the bag slip a couple extras down the side in there in the bag number one it comes out smelling nice in the fall and two you don't worry about having all the little varmints taking up residence in it Mm -hmm. because that can be a mess to clean up in the fall and sometimes you end up having to buy a new piece of fabric and uh some of those ain't cheap i know that uh, one of my buddies had to buy a replacement for his eskimo hub because mice got in there and uh that was a bad scene because he opened that thing up and there, there wasn't enough duct tape and a roll to fix that thing <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: so you want to you want to clean that up and dry it out make sure it's good and dry and then pack it correctly with little dryer sheets put it away in the garage or wherever you're going to end up storing it and that goes for any of the uh, maybe ice fishing chairs that you have you know anything with fabric on it mm-hmm. that's out there uh you know it doesn't even hurt that if you're not putting things in a sealed tote like stuff suggested gloves if you're putting a, a bunch of gloves together in a bag or something throw a dryer sheet in with them keeps the stuff out of there and those little uh lightweight gloves that we like to carry and jig with and stuff, I like to run them through the washing machine, clean them up. Uh they got a they got a season's worth of fish lime on them. They can be a little crusty, and be a little crusty, and it's a good time just to, to clean that mess up and stuff. And, you and you know. speaking of crusty, pump mm-hmm. your suit. Yes. Now, firsthand, I will warn you, do not put too many items in your washing machine i tried to cram the jacket and bibs in my machine and uh ended up losing the hood off my jacket because the machine ate it uh you know i think it might even be worth it for a lot of guys to go down and uh, go down to the laundromat use one of the big industrial machines Mm -hmm. the front loaders that it just, doesn't
1: snag things as much as maybe a home machine might. Yeah, follow the instructions on your specific suit to wash it. Yep. Like most of our
0: suits, we don't we don't throw them in the dryer. No, no, no. Once you pull them out, you hang them up, and the, I I put mine in over the bathtub, mm-hmm. let them drip dry for about a week, in the spare bathroom, and then uh, move them down to the basement
1: to dry for another few weeks. Yeah, turn and them inside and out, let them dry. Turn them right side out and let it dry. <laughs> yep. And uh, uh,
0: then you're going to get a you get a nice dry suit that's going to last because that it's a significant investment. And really, even with the floating suits, you want to get that uh, floating material dry as hell too because
1: that's just going to help keep it dry and keep it floating a lot better as well. And then in some of the suits, after you've washed them and dried them, you can re-spray that with a little waterproofing spray. There's different kinds out there you can get. Yeah, there's some uh... of these
0: great silicone sprays Mm -hmm. for hunting and fishing gear that that, that work great to do that. And I even put those on those uh, little thin gloves. Yeah. Because I like those little leather-palmed mechanics Mechanics gloves. gloves. Yep. Those are very handy. But I like a little waterproofing on them. Now, another thing that you can do both on your shanty and on your suit is take a little wax or a little bar soap and put it on the zippers. Lubricate the zippers with that. It makes those zippers so much easier to operate. And you know that when you've been trying to bend over and unzip a pant leg on a suit or, uh, you know, get that jacket zipper going because it's a real blustery day out lubricating a zipper is a real lifesaver at times to make sure everything's going right on that and uh, operating smoothly and then when you go to hang it up make sure you got a nice big plastic or wooden hanger you know to hang it up the proper way and make yeah. sure that you know that thing's gonna you know hang well all summer not get damaged
1: yeah, yeah if it's that's... not a heavy duty hanger. Sometimes halfway through the summer you'll hear a crash in the closet or wherever you got it hanging cuz the the hook on the plastic hangers stretched all the way out and finally snapped. And it, it just the weight of those suits is yeah, the a little lot all for plastic, plastic hangers
0: probably not the best. But mm-hmm. if you got the big like a suit hanger that's plastic with a metal hook that's a good yep. one. I know that uh several of our suits have come with those and then I go out and I'll invest in some of those big, heavy, uh, wooden suit hangers that, you know, maybe they're an inch thick, but you know, Hey, Steph and I don't have the smallest suits on the ice. So (laughs) Uh -uh. you don't want to do that. You know, another thing when we're talking about, you know, preventative to put things away, if you don't have a tote or maybe you've got access to somebody with a swimming pool, pool chemical buckets are awesome if you wash the chemical out of them they have a screw top lid quite often and that makes really nice not only for storing things over the summer but i use it for a dry bucket out on the ice and then i have a smaller one that is my dry clothes bucket and i will uh make sure that i've got a sweatshirt and sweatpants and socks and a pair of slippers probably in that Mm -hmm. bucket so that if i do get
1: wet i got a way to get dry but, I've had you know, my dry clothes bucket come in handy even on the boat you get caught in a shower or something and even through your raincoat and stuff you're still gonna get wet you got that dry clothes in the truck to change into then you're, yeah. you're comfortable for the ride home but
0: in general guys take care of your equipment uh you know batteries get it clean put it away right you know if it needs a little protector on it, like a little WD-40, don't be shy. Put some on there, and you know, protect your investment. I mean, you did well with it this year, and hopefully, you're going to do better mm-hmm. next year. So, take care of your stuff, man, and teach the kids. Have the kids help you with that stuff. It's a good lesson to learn for them on how to take care. Of- so, hey, we're going to take another short break, and when we come back. We're gonna kind of give a little uh, last-minute thoughts on the season and a little wrap-up, and you know, talk about a little plans for the summer. Chaz and Steph talking hard water fishing in the Great Lakes state. We'll be right back. Hey guys, Chaz here from the M.I. Ice Guys. I want to talk to you about KE Stopper Lures, especially the Scandia line of tungsten jigs. I've been having a great time fishing with these this year and last year. The new colors are awesome. Check them out. Get out there to your local sporting goods shop and look for that blue packaging with yellow text on it. Pick up a Scandia Allure or 10. It's a whole lot of fun to fish with. They're bright, they're durable, and good stuff. Guys, we're back and just wrapping it up. And uh, while we were over the break there, uh, Steph and I just started mentioning some of the some of the great fish meals that we've had here this winter and and recently and stuff. Thought we'd share a few of those with you. Now, I think I told you in the last episode about the uh, little bluegill that I've been poaching and uh, turning into shrimp. Like uh, What we do is we poach the little skinless fillets in 7-Up to sweeten them up. And then I chill them down in an ice bath. And that firms them right up. Now, they'll curl right up while they're poaching. And then they kind of look like a shrimp when they're all curled up like that. And when I dry them off, as I come out of the ice bath, I put a little bit of uh, Tony's seasoning on them. And that just perks them right up. And then serve them with tail sauce, just like you would shrimp. And they are awesome. Just use a little toothpick, and it's great. (laughs) <laughs> well, Steph, you were mentioning when you were up in Rhinelander, you had an awesome meal.
1: Yeah, I had a fantastic meal. It was a, uh, it was a baked haddock tapenade, but had like the roasted, uh, t- like sun dried tomatoes and bell peppers with the capers, a light sauce on top of it, and it was baked over a lemon risotto, and that was just a perfect pairing of fish. And I was like, I could do that same thing with you know northern pike, walleye. Or heck, stack a few crappie fillets on top of one another and and cook it that way. And it was baked, you know, 425 degrees for about, oh, probably 12 to 15 minutes, depending on the thickness of the fillet. Yeah, you wouldn't and want to go that long it,
0: on the crappie, but.
1: No, no, doesn't take that long be, at all to cook. That'd be really awesome with walleye. hmm I yeah, think that would be something to look forward to. That, yeah. That'd be like, you know, depending on the wall, I like eight to 10 minutes at 425 and you're, you're done. You know, it's a quick meal too. Yeah. that that'd be And delicious. Awesome. The risotto takes longer to cook, but. <laughs> well, yeah, you get that up ahead of time. <laughs> but it stays hot for a long time. And, well, that was excellent. I never had a lemon risotto before and that lemon paired very well with the fish. It was just, it was delicious. Yeah. They have some
0: lemon wedges to go on the side there.
1: Oh, yeah, a little fresh lemon to squeeze over top, and it was heavenly. Perfect.
0: Yeah, I know I've done a couple of uh, dishes where I've done the uh, sautéing uh, the crappie just up in, like, some uh, Italian dressing and served that with a risotto, and that mm-hmm. turns out really nice as well. So, you know, hey, if you got the fish, do some experiment. You yeah, know, try new These, recipes. Yeah, You don't have to turn them all into, uh, you know, fried chips anymore you know Mm -hmm. play a little on the delicate side you know put them in with some vegetables and steam them there's a lot of uh really creative things you can do with it and show off to your family that and friends that hey i can cook
1: yeah if uh, uh, if you have the grill fired up you grill them on little foil it don't take long at all on the grill (laughs) no fish is a quick cooking meal (laughs) yeah yeah, especially pan fish.
0: Mm-hmm. They cook very quick and stuff. So yeah, explore what's in your freezer is uh you know spring comes along here because before you know it, we're gonna have the boats out, we're gonna be chasing those uh gills around on the beds. Mm-hmm. And are out post spawning, um, so it, yep. it's gonna be uh quite the adventure. Now, some other things that we're looking forward to is you know, hey, the boats are gonna be back in for walleye and a lot of other fun fun stuff that uh we're going to be go- getting going i know our buddy jake he runs walleye charters out of the east side of the state our buddy uh cat myron he runs out of uh lake erie like erie it is his. yep and uh you know chad's on the steelhead and anthony's on the steelhead so we've got guys that are fishing all over the place so if you don't have a boat and or you need a little professional guidance, we know the guys. And uh, you can uh, reach us through the website with the Ask an MI Ice guy, and we'll hook you up with the right guy for the kind of fishing that you want to give a try to. It's Michigan, and though it's sad that the ice is leaving us, there's still a lot of fishing to
1: be done. Yes. Oh, yeah. Steelhead are in right now. I don't know all these streams up here, but they're hitting them on the grand. Right there. Oh, yeah, I've heard Street. they're on the grand and, uh, yep. you know, they're catching them up me. Yep. Muskegon, PM, Pier Marquette. Steelhead are being caught in all locations. So it's game on for spring steelhead. Yeah. It's it's going to be a, a good season.
0: It looks like we don't have a huge amount of uh, melt. Because we didn't get a huge amount of snow, uh, at least here in the lower peninsula. I know the UP did. So that means their their brook streams are gonna be really hopping uh up there with the trout. But uh down here it's gonna be pretty casual water and there'll be still plenty of flow going through, but you know, we won't have yeah. the flood conditions, hopefully. Yeah, where it's well, caused by... the property damage and things like that.
1: Yeah, up by me up on Hardy and the Muskegon River system, the Hardy Pond this year got drawn down like 30 feet when it's usually drawn down about 10, but they're doing repair work on the dam. So they had it drawn down quite a ways this year. So that's, and if, and we lost a lot of our melt, not really lost it, but you're not gonna get that big melt to help fill that back up when they decide to, to do so. It's gonna take a while. So the flow on the Muskegon is gonna be pretty low and steady which could prove some difficulty for some of the jet boats. I mean, it's, it's going to be more treacherous with the rocks depending on the flow that you have out there. Well, it's better a jet Crotin. than a prop. Yep. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah,
0: there's a lot to look forward to, guys. And mm-hmm. if you come up with a great recipe, share it with us, with the Ask an MI Ice guy, or uh, you get know, Steph Facebook page, so he could uh, catch you there. Uh, but, put your stuff away guys i uh, uh you know unless you're living up north i think season's about done and it's time to start shifting gears and mm-hmm. get ready for that next next great thing when the boats come back and start enjoying spring fishing we do have a few things that uh, to remind you of uh coming up first april everybody's got to get a new fishing license they're on sale now yeah you can buy them now if it's convenient for you Um, I know that I take advantage of those uh, bulk deals that the DNR has where I order up my small game and my deer license and my ORV tags and my trail tags and my fishing license all at once. Just put it on the credit card once. Let's get it done. And uh, for those of you who haven't done it that way before, doing it online is pretty painless. And they'll mail you all your tags. And the rest is electronic these days, so Mm -hmm. you're good to go. Well, guys, uh, it's been a great season. I'm Chaz. Mm -hmm. I'm Steph. We're the MI Ice guys, and uh, (laughs) loving that hard water fishing, but the hard water is going away. So take Mm -hmm. care of your stuff. We'll talk to you soon. MI Ice guys, would like to thank you for joining us once again for one of our podcasts. Be sure to subscribe on miisguys.com so that you don't miss any of our tips and hear a little bit about our fishing stories. Be safe out there, guys. Enjoy the fishing. It may thaw soon.